Well, welcome back. Hello there. And we now know the final four headed for the Big Easy in New Orleans. It will be Villanova and Kansas. And for the first time ever in an NCAA tournament, it's at the final four. Duke and North Carolina, those hated rivals, will meet in the other semifinal. I am TJ Reeves. We're here to recap this weekend. We're here to look ahead a little bit to what's going to happen in New Orleans. There are actually a couple of games to be interested in for tonight. We thank you so much for finding us once again live here on the Bet U.S. College Basketball Show. We see the handicappers that are right here hanging out. Jeff Nadu, the big man on campus, is back aboard. How you feeling, big man? Off the weekend? All is good? I'm not feeling too good, to be honest. I, I haven't really read these games real well. Um, you know, it was a rough Elite Eight. I think we could all agree with that. Uh, the games just weren't very good. Um, and this is kind of the, the drawback, guys, occasionally when you get upsets. Uh, you're going to have teams that, you know, eventually just get boat raced. And, uh, you know, I don't know what Jim Laranega said to his people at halftime, but uh, that was a, a pretty incredible second. I, I I don't know if I've seen anything like that in a long time. I, I don't know how you get out toward 44-15 or whatever it was, 48-15. That was pretty pretty incredible. St. Peter's uh, from the beginning was really just destroyed. You get those games when you get lost. It's always a shame when it happens. Yep, but for North Carolina and Kansas, give them credit because they put it on them there for that mid-major. Matt, you're back aboard for another week. Happy Monday. How are you feeling? What's up? I am doing well. I see Jeff's wearing his black because his beloved uh, Razorbacks finally ran up against a good team and uh, didn't play very well. So uh, it's, you know, Duke is, I mean, as I said for months, I think on this show, Duke to the final four was almost the surest bet. Now I scream conspiracy, but turns out they were actually a pretty good basketball team as well. I notice in the dig, he's saying finally played a good team yet still has the Gonzaga pennant over his shoulder, big man. We did cover yeah. that back on Friday well, that mean, Arkansas he, took care of them. I don't, any person that's a Gonzaga fan that doesn't live in Spokane, you have to wonder where their validity <laughs> is, as a fan comes from. <laughs> what, when did you start liking them, Matt? Three years ago? A uh, lot longer than that. A lot longer than that. At least seven. At least Maybe seven. ten. It may be 10. Uh, good to uh, good to have all of you hanging out. You you will have opportunity for Q&A. There are a couple of games that we're going to go over here in the all-important basketball classic matchups that are tonight. There is a little handicapping that's going to go on maybe for there. Uh, the NIT tomorrow night uh, back in New York. Remember, they have... Uh, they did not have an, a national invitational tournament two years ago because of the COVID-19 shutdown. And then a year ago, it was all played in Texas on a neutral site at the University of North Texas. So now it's back and it's back, uh, I believe, at the Garden. I'm correct. I haven't been keeping up with this. It is at the Garden, yeah. correct, for the semifinals and the finals. So some normalcy returns to the NIT. And we'll get into that a little bit. And I also want to talk to these guys, too, about the lines that are already out uh, here, not a surprise that Duke is favored and not a surprise that Kansas is favored, but maybe by how much might surprise you a little bit. So we'll get into that as the show goes on. Get questions and answers going. If you're watching us live here, the guys may be answering as well in the live chat. You may be seeing that. Again, we've done very well with the audience uh, leading in here. So we love the participation if you're seeing us live. Even if you're seeing us later in the day, we again say we're live the rest of this week, 11 a.m. Eastern time, leading into Final Four Saturday in the national semifinals. Uh, with that being said, let's take a look at the records, uh, as we always do customarily at the top of the show. And you see the big man still above 500, mid-major Matt hovering right around there uh, as well. Um, and the guys did get some uh, good stuff last week on the Sweet 16 and even in the Elite Eight. 
So there we go on the records, and uh, that will lead us into what we will talk about first here briefly, and that is the basketball classic. There's always a game or two, it seems like, on the card here at the very end. The basketball classic has semifinal action coming tonight, and two Sunbelt teams are playing in South Alabama and Coastal Carolina uh, for that matchup in Mobile tonight. Mid-Major Matt, this is right in your wheelhouse with the Mid-Majors. All right, what's the interest here, even if there's not an official play here? Well, clearly there's a lot of interest in the road team in this one. They opened a three-and-a-half-point dog and a bunch of Jackets being made up as we go along here. I would have liked the road team here, but there's no value. It's all gone now. So this was an easy game to pass. Now the value's gone. Interesting that, again, they're conference rivals. And, Jeff, I know you don't have an official play here. One thing that we keep cautioning everybody, who really cares that much at this point? How much does Coastal Carolina? care as the road team and from what Matt had to say they may care a lot here because they lost the the regular season matchup this is potentially the final game for any of their their seniors their guys that are leaving that's an unknown how much does Coastal care on the road tonight well I think by this point all the you know the teams care I mean they've won a couple games now they kind of feel like well let's go out and win the game you know we're playing here's where we are you know, I look at this, and, and Matt makes a great point about Chandler, obviously, but, you know, you look at the rest of, of this roster for South Alabama. Richie Riley has all transfers. These are all kids that were at high-end universities, Memphis, Auburn, LSU, TCU. All these kids that play are, are higher-level talents in their hair, and that's one of the reasons they were a really good team in the Sun Belt this year. I've always said there's a real simple thing. When you face Cliff Ellis, if you can shoot the basketball – you're going to have a real good opportunity to win. He's going to throw a zone at you. If you can shoot the basketball, you're going to have an opportunity to win. And this is a pretty decent South Alabama team from a three-point standpoint. They're also at home here, which, again, I mean, that goes a long way. They've won both games at home so far. Uh, they beat two, uh, you know, kind of soft defenses in UCF, USC Upstate and Southeast Louisiana. But, you know, ultimately, I feel like I'm, I'm getting the home team. I'm getting a team that can shoot the ball decently. And – I'm getting a team that at the end of the day is full and chock full of of higher major talent. So I definitely kind of lean on um, South Alabama here at home. It's a pick them now. Now at BetUS, which, you know, I'm getting the best of it if I like the Jags here. So they also, as Matt said, beat them once. Remember, though. Chandler didn't play in that game. So I lean South Alabama, but um, I'd wish I had him. Yeah, some volatility on the line movement like you were talking about, Matt, because uh, it is now listed as a pick'em game when it was two and a half or three for the home team uh, in this instance. All right, so that is no official play from either hey, one of the guys. That's game number one. Anything else? Yeah, one thing I wanted to say, and this is kind of an ad, kind of um, once you get to the end of the season, one thing that I know I, I kind of – Sometimes you can struggle with. I know one thing I don't like about college basketball, and it sucks. The, the thing I love about college basketball most is, like, on a show like this, during the regular season, we can find 
200 games or 150 games on a Saturday, we can really isolate value. The problem as we get closer, closer to the end of the season is the value becomes gone on this stuff. I mean, you, you have every – like you look at the Elite Eight games. Everybody's betting those. So it's tougher to find a side. It's tougher to find value. It's tougher to find – and, you know, it's sad because the season's ending. So, you know, as Matt said, you, if you're going to bet these games, you know, NIT games and stuff, you got to bet them early. You got to get in on them early um, because you're going to just quickly lose what you, where you want to be with stuff. Matt, a thought on that? Or are you good? Move on. No, he's right. I mean, it, it, that's why at least my angle has always been in college basketball is the mid-major games because everybody's going to go on a Saturday and bet the Duke-North Carolina games and bet the big ones. And then, you know, the smaller ones are the places where I think the value is. But as he said, we got two games tonight. And obviously it's not a great show if him and I both pass on everything, which we, we are for today. Uh, but, like, there's nothing wrong with passing, especially since you got the Final Four coming up. you got the NIT tomorrow. I know I have a play in the NIT tomorrow. But, like, yeah, there's two games tonight. The value's kind of gone if you wait and you want to bet the day of because everybody else is like, oh, yeah, I love the road team. Let me just take the three and a half. Now, if you like South Alabama today, then, you know, you're, you're lucking out because, you know, you it worked out for you. And, and look, Matt, I mean, I feel like on a, on a, at a home, you know, at, at a pick em, I I think this is a good price on, on South Alabama, but – um, you know, again, as he said, if you like CC, you're, you have nothing now. Uh, it is interesting, and I'm just bringing this up because I was paying attention to Sunday. We didn't have a Sunday show. Uh, the big man and I were on on Saturday. I was curious, would the St. Peter's line fluctuate with North Carolina as Saturday became Sunday, as we only had two games left in the Elite Eight? Would, would they become more of an underdog? Would they become less of an underdog? But I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, they remained around an eight-and-a-half or nine-point underdog. There was not a lot of line movement. There was not a line, that, a lot that came in on North Carolina to, to raise the line and not a lot on St. Peter's after the shocker over Purdue Friday night to move the line down. That game stayed pretty well around eight-and-a-half or nine. The price was the price, right? Correct? Uh, Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, we... uh. We didn't see – I mean, I think at one point I saw five pop up in the first half, and I think it got to nine and a half. But, yeah, it was pretty much around there. I mean, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and clearly I'll, North Carolina jumped all over them, and a live bet was out the window. Go ahead, Matt. And I'll say this. If you like Coastal today, take them live. Hope that uh, the Jaguars get a lead, and then you get a bigger number or a better number on Coastal, of course, if you if there's a reason why they got a lead where it's foul trouble or anything. But, like, there's no reason to take Coastal now to pick them. So you missed your spot there. So now you look for it live if you're actually lucky enough to watch this game. I don't even know. I assume it's on ESPN+. Plus. And by, and by the way, I never really look at live lines at all. But just for grins, when the Kansas second-half run began, it was hilarious because the live line I suddenly saw was like minus nine and a half. And they were still only up by like two at that point. It turns out it could have been minus 19 and a half and you'd have been good. Who, who saw that coming? Like you said, big man, they outscored them, I believe, 29 to six out of the locker room. And, and Miami took a lot of bad shots, like think, three or uh, four bad shots. And it was just an avalanche. When you bet those games like that, right, you know, you, you kind of look at it and you say, well, maybe maybe I should just bet the first half, right? Because if they're going to give them an effort, it's going to be in the first half. And I remember mm -hmm. at halftime, I called a friend of mine, and he had he – had, um, he mentioned to me he had like uh, – he needed Kansas to win or something to, for brackets or something. I don't know. And I said, well, as long as they don't get outscored by 12 in the second half, we're going to be good. I mean, this is perfect. <laughs> he said, I feel like they should be up more. And I said, yeah, I agreed. But, hey, they're up six. 
They didn't have more like the last five minutes. It was perfect. It was a great situation to be in if you're Miami. And then that second half comes. I, I, you know, it's rare to see something like that, but I, I don't know what button they hit. It was almost like uh, Fast and the Furious when like they would race cars and they hit that NOS button and they'd just be way faster than the other cars. And that that's how it was. It was hard to watch. Yeah, you go from and then I thought to myself, didn't they have thirty-one or thirty-five points at the half? They only scored fifty, and I'm thinking like, wait, they only scored fifteen yep. points in the second half. I I didn't. You, know, you obviously look at Kansas say, well, they obviously they play ball, but yeah, Miami was lost. It seemed like when Jordan Miller went out, the the, the defender on the wing, that just the 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 the, the, the dam broke, if you will. I, it was uh, yep. it was hard to watch. Too many bad shots and too much Kansas executing and a big-time coach that, that put his players in the right positions. I mean, so many times we clobber coaches for not adjusting, for not motivating, for not doing whatever. Whatever Bill Self said at halftime, the adjustments he made in their half-court offense, wow, what a turnaround on that. All right, one more game in the basketball classic as well tonight. Again, there's not an official play on this, but here's the line. Fresno State at home at the Save March Center. Laying seven with Southern Utah. You see the total at 136 and a half. So you guys have kind of gone over some philosophical stuff here. Matt, just uh, again, uh, illuminate. Southern Utah was one of the teams that had an issue with who is their opponent last week, right? That was a mess, and they ended up winning the game, and now they're on the road in the semifinal game. Do I have that right? Yeah, they uh, Portland was supposed to play Merrimack. Merrimack withdrew, or basically the basketball classic pushed them out because the bracket didn't work out. So Portland went to Southern Utah. Uh, that game, I had the over, and unfortunately didn't hit. Of course, Chris Austin getting hurt for Portland kind of put that thing into grinding to a halt after they scored 80 points in the first half. But, I mean, look, you know, this Southern Utah team, it's interesting because they're getting into a little bit of a rhythm. Um, playing some of these games, they you know they're going to have the 48-hour turnaround, but they are going to travel. And if you look at Fresno State, the interesting thing here is Fresno State is one of the slowest teams in the country, 61.5 possessions per game. But you look at the first two games of this of this tournament, 71 against Eastern Washington, 69 against Youngstown State. You look at the rest of their uh, season. They cracked the 70 mark once when they had 72 possessions against LIU, who just runs you know ridiculously fast. But other than that. They have not gone this fast in back-to-back games this season, so it makes you wonder, Southern Utah, another team that plays faster than them, will they get into a little bit more of a, I won't say track me, because we're not going to get there, but and we've also seen Fresno State, a bad offense, score 83 on Eastern Washington, 80 on Youngstown State. Could this new quote-unquote style bleed over once again and they start playing back and forth once again? I had to lean to the over here, but my worry was if Fresno State c- takes control of this game, Will they grind it to a halt? Will Southern Utah struggle to score? Will there be any sort of tiredness 48 hours later after playing the fast game against Portland? I like Southern Utah in this tournament, but I wonder if they're going to struggle now against Fresno State. Good enough. There's some some info and advice. Jeff, you got anything on that, or you want to move on off the basketball court? Yeah, I mean, this is a you know, it's a major step up for the most part. Fresno's significantly better than anyone that. Really, maybe outside of Kent State, I don't know if they're significantly better than Kent State, but Matt talked about that. That was kind of a rough spot for Kent. Um, yeah, I, anytime you have these clash and styles games, I'm not really interested. Southern Utah wants to play super fast. Fresno's slow. I think they're kind of running into a brick wall here. Fresno's very good defensively under Hudson. I know that maybe hasn't been necessarily out there recently, but you know, they want to play, as he alluded to, low 60s. Um, 
I'm kind of surprised that Fresno even took this tournament to begin with. I don't, I don't really, you know, they're kind of lowering themselves. I feel like a little bit here, but I guess they wanted to win something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I lean Fresno. It's just kind of a, a big step up here. I think they really take this game down a notch tempo wise. And I don't think uh, a team like Southern Utah will have trouble scoring against Fresno. Orlando Robinson's probably a problem as well. But you want to make sure you, you check up on what Fresno's doing. It seems like they've had some players out. You look at the other night against Youngstown. I mean, a lot of their points came off the bench. I think they had like 30 points off the bench, which is not sustainable long term. So I don't know. Lean Fresno here. I think this is a major step up for, for uh, Southern Utah. I think TJ froze there for a second, but yeah, as as far as this one, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wager a play. Matt, are you playing this game? I don't think so, but I mean, it is the last game of the day. If something if something strikes my fancy, I don't think so. The one thing I'll say is, uh, you know, VCU, the year they won the CBI or the CIT, I always get confused. The next year was the year they made their first four to Final Four run, so I could see why some teams might play in a tournament like this to get more experience. The only thing is, if you look at Fresno State, they're all pretty much juniors, so like it's not like this is a freshman team that's going to use this experience and buoy into next year, so there can be reasons to play in this stuff. It's just this team's a, a veteran team, so yeah, you're right. It's kind of weird that they are in there. Yeah, I found it to be odd for sure. Uh, do we have TJ or no? I am back aboard with you. I apologize. I don't know. Gremlins on a Monday. We are here. I did catch everything that you were saying at the end there about Fresno State and uh, and them hosting Southern Utah. I didn't hear anything after that. Hopefully one of you at least took a two-handed swing at me for something while I was gone in my absence. If you didn't, I'm going to be very disappointed in both we of did you not. if that is the case. Uh, but we are back aboard uh, here on the U.S. College Basketball Show on a Monday. Again, we'll get to questions and answers here in a couple of moments um i'm interested in something villanova obviously has the serious injury with justin moore the second leading scorer he went down uh with an achilles injury right at the end of the houston win very much tempered their their celebration um curious on the futures plays because i, I talked to a couple people and i i for a flyer had a fun one with villanova on a futures play getting plus 1400 um, what are your thoughts here, just out of curiosity, that if Villanova is to somehow win the game with Kansas, what might their odds be, guys, for a national championship game on the on the Futures play at that point? How much do you believe it would drop? Uh, half? Would it drop? Would it drop more than half on the odds on something like that? Kind of a tenuous thing with an injured prominent player. Yeah, I mean, they're still pretty good without him. You're right, though. He is important. They're not that deep. As far as what will the odds be, I mean, they're 450 at BetUS currently to win it. Uh, yeah, basically right by, right, by, right in front of Carolina. I'm surprised by that a little bit. Uh, I don't know, in a, in a toss-up game against Duke or Carolina, I mean, I don't know. I may probably surely overcut in half for sure. All right, Matt, any thought on that, on how much it would it would probably go down? If if you got them at like, uh, and, I, and you said plus 450 right now, it's probably going to be like plus 200, plus 300 at the at the max, right? One game to go. Well, I don't think they'll offer it. I think you'll just be taking the money line in that game. Right. So I, um, and I'll say this. I, I, I'll say it right now. I'm taking Villanova. I'm not doing it now. I'm hoping and I'm waiting for hopefully a five, and then maybe I'll explore what the alternate lines are. 
give me give Jay Wright a week to figure something out. He'll do it. Um, they're not going to get rattled. They're not going to be like, oh, my God, we don't have Justin Moore. They'll rally around him. I'll take Villanova plus the points. I'm just going to wait and see if this thing gets to five, and then maybe I'll go to, like, five and a half or six on the alt lines um, if I feel – if the, the juice is tolerant. there. But I, I trust Villanova more in this situation than I trust Kansas. We'll get to the audience questions, and you may have a couple of questions about the Villanova-Kansas game, and I hope I don't answer one of those right here. But while we're on the subject, and I want this from both of you, what's your opinion on if, 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 if Moore was healthy, would this have been closer to like a pick'em or Kansas minus one at the, bo- at the, at the most? Is he worth three or three and a half points? And that's why Kansas, a big man, what do you think? Is that significant of an opening favorite? Uh, Yeah, I mean, without Moore, I, I think it's, probably four um, with him. I still think Kansas is probably a, a, maybe a small favorite, but, uh, you know, asking me is tough because I, I would put it in a pick if he's fully healthy, if everybody's healthy. This is concerning because this is the second year in a row Villanova's had to kind of have their, not their seasons around. I mean, last year's was a lot more pronounced, but um, it kind of sucks. I mean, they, they, they didn't have Gillespie last year, don't have more this year. And what makes it really brutal is, I mean, it was late in the game. The game was kind of out of hand anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of hate to see those things happen. It kind of tempered any uh, excitement that you had. You won, but you're not going to have a certain person. Because I think we all knew that was going to be a tough one. But I, I think it would probably be one and a half uh, if, he were, if he were healthy for Kansas. But uh, I think Matt's totally right. I mean, you know, here, here's the problem. Okay, and I got a lot of crap on this, and, and I'm going to just say it. Whether I like Villanova or not, I respect their program. Um, but I'll be honest, I don't really respect what they did on Saturday, honestly. Um, if Houston just would make a few shots, I don't think Villanova did anything particularly well. I mean, Houston had 18 offensive rebounds. Um, Houston just didn't shoot the ball well. I I, I can't really – and even Samson – Well, they defended them. They defended them, no, and they, they deserved they credit had, for that. They had – they if you watch the game over, Houston had many open shots. They just missed them. Um, I, I, I want to give – They closed out on some of them. They, yeah. I mean, they had the lead from the beginning of the game, and until the final, what, couple of minutes, it was never closer than four. So we can't just say that it was all yeah, – but- Houston and I I went back and forth with you on Saturday because I thought it was Villanova and I thought the wrong team was favored I thought the veteran coach with his veteran players uh, would get there I, I we can't they, knock they the guy that has continually won and say I'm, his team's not responsible listen, for not, being in the final four I, I just said I agree that they're a great part they gave up 50 points though I mean that, that's what I'm trying to say they they were one for 20 from three and shot 30 percent from two and still only lost by six all I'm saying is if 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 they just make two, I mean that's a totally different game. So I don't. I look at Villanova. Yes, they won. That's it's impressive. You know, Jay Wright's terrific. He's he's great looking. We love him. He's the best. But at the end of the day, like Houston, still had very good opportunities to be right there. I can't give Villanova much credit. I just I not in this game. That sounds like bitterness on a Monday. They're but in the final what? four, brother. Because TJ, you not, can't give them much credit. You got to give, give them credit. They lost. They they lost the one of their. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, I did. I did watch the game. Did you watch nine nothing at the beginning of the game? Did you watch in command the entire way? Did you watch them up by thirteen midway through the second half? I mean, they played well enough to win. And I will shoot back too on Kelvin Sampson doesn't get the best coach in America stuff when Jay Wright's on the floor against him beating him, and Jay Wright's got two national titles and Kelvin Sampson has none. I mean, the guy the guy reloads with different players. I didn't go to Villanova. I don't live in the Philly area, but the guy reloads with different players. 
and he won the biggest game again to this point to get in the final four. Matt, feel free. Jump in here. You can referee. I know I'm just gonna sit here and watch because I everybody jumped on me when I said Gonzaga you know Arkansas didn't deserve the win against Gonzaga because Gonzaga just missed shots they usually make so I'm just gonna let Jeff to, I thought Villanova played fine and I thought Houston uh you know didn't hit a single three like Edwards was terrible I mean they should have taken Edwards out and probably could have if they had some better options Houston didn't play their best game but you have to give Villanova credit for that I mean they d defensively hurried them and were all over the place when everybody's talking about Houston's defense it was Villanova's defense that was really good on that night I cannot and will not give them credit they didn't they did not they, all the shots are wide open if Houston just makes not all two of them were wide. I mean, some the game is tied they played bad man I mean they, they they only won by six they shot that bad only one by six bro that's what I'm trying to say here it they, you can't if they don't won by 30 I just said fair enough but TJ you could have shot one for better than one for 20 it was hard. They only made one more than we did. I would agree with that. Right. I mean, but if you if watch the game, a lot of it was contested. A lot of it was guarded. A lot of it was rushed out of frustration. Villanova was the better team. Villanova has won that way for years in the Big East. They squeeze teams. They play defense. They spread you out. Low-scoring game. He's happy to win that way. You don't have to go up and down the floor to win in their conference and with the way they play. So... They got it done. They got it done, that's for sure. All right, audience questions. Let's get to a couple of those. And again, thank you for finding us here in the 11 a.m. Eastern Time Hour. Uh, Nathan is watching. Let me look here. I actually, that one skipped. Nathan says, I like Villanova, but do you think the more injury dampers uh, the Wildcats? He's asking Matt that in particular. Um, how much, Matt, give us your opinion on that. You don't have to make a play here on Monday, but how much does more not being there make you hesitant to take a Villanova play? Well, I'll just say, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you now, and obviously I'll be on Friday and I'll, we'll be able to lock it in then. I'm telling you now, I'm taking Villanova. I just don't, I'm hoping to get a better number. I, I'm just, I, it, as I said, and this is painful because I hate Villanova, but like Jay Wright with a week <laughs> to prepare is going to coach, and I went to this before and it went terribly for me, so I'll do it again. He's going to coach circles around Bill Self. I don't like Bill Self as a head coach. I think he's, you know, he's got a lot of good players, but he should have done a lot more and he should have had a lot more success in his coaching career than he has. Jay Wright does a lot with less. And guess what? The pace of this game is not going to be where, you know, Villanova is going to play six players probably because uh, what Longino's hurt. Uh, I think Antoine might be healthy if they want to dig that deep, but like they'll play six players. They'll play their way they are and they're, they're just not going to go away. That at four and a half, I'm not playing it yet. I'm hoping for five. I'm hoping for five and a half. It's not going to get to five and a half, so I may have to alt line that thing. And for those who are not familiar, the alternate lines are the ones that you can get, but you have to pay a little bit more juice. I just trust Trey Wright in this situation. I trust Colin Gillespie. I, I trust them to figure out a way to make their offense go without Justin Moore. And they'll rally around the kid, and that's just what Villanova does. I'm not saying they're going to win. They're not going to win most likely, but I think they'll cover a, a, a nice number here. All right, good enough on that. Patrick is watching us live. He says, I have three futures, Duke plus 1,400, Kansas plus 900, Villanova plus 1,700. Should I hedge the rest of the way and just go with Kansas on the money line, especially with the Moore injury? Big man, any thought on uh, any advice for him on that, if he really likes Kansas on what he should do? Yeah, I'm kind of confused on that one. I, I mean, did you play every team before the season? Uh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, good for you. Um, yeah, I, I, you probably. Uh, I mean, you're good in one. I mean, you have. I think he says he has three of the four teams left. Correct. 
Well, but he probably played them on the Elite Eight and was getting those prices, maybe Sweet 16. I mean, I feel like, like that. I feel like, you know, just percentages would tell you that, that you have a 75% chance to win. So I, I would just stick with what you have. Sit tight. Yeah, if you get beat by Kansas, you know, oh, well, you still have two teams left. So, yeah, I, I, I would just. I would just stay put. I will say, uh, if I can, uh, if you're willing and allowing me, I will take Kansas right now. Uh, I don't want this line to go up any further. I'll lay the four and a half here. I, I will talk about it later on why. But uh, let, let's let's mark that down. We're we're it, are we raising the mug there to Kansas and the have, four and a half to make it official. I don't, we don't have, have a mug, unfortunately. Don't have the mug today. But four and a half, you like that price, and that price again may go down as the week goes on. May not. Actually, it, it actually opened four, and it's been about up to four and a half. So. All right. That's that's good news for me, I guess. I, I believe the name is Zian or Zayan, Z-E-A-Y-N. Hold on. I, I wanted to answer the futures question. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Hedging's for gardeners. I don't hedge. Uh, I like, I mean, your Duke future, Duke's going to win the championship. So you're going to be fine. You're going to have the champion. So I wouldn't really worry about it. Uh, so uh, I would not hedge because Duke's winning the championship. And that was one of his three teams. The, the thing that um, it, it's interesting to say, uh, I will say I do hedge occasionally, but here's the thing. And, and Matt's right on one level. I will never tell another person how to spend their money. Okay. It, this hedging's all about, do you need the money? If your book has no money in it and you need the money and, you know, $1,000 is a big pal for you, well, then you should, you know, think about that on your own. I, I never like answering that hedging question just because, well, you know, for me, it might be different than what it is for you. You know, maybe a, f a few hundred dollars is a lot of money for, for what you're doing in your book. So, you know, I would advise doing it. Hedging as far as like on a, a 10, 20 to 1 future, no, I would never hedge on that. Now, uh, last year I had a Loyola Chicago 300 to one future. I might be more inclined. One of the biggest bets I've ever won way back in my career when I first started, I had UConn 90 to one to win the NCAA tournament. What was it? 2014. Um, you know, back then I was a lot different, better than I am now. I mean, I was, you know, if I lost a few hundred dollars, that was a lot to me. So, you know, it, it really depends where you are in your career and how much you need the money. Yeah, let me clarify, TJ. When I say I don't hedge, it's because I never bet enough that I'm worried about losing. That's just I stay within mm -hmm. my means. So if I lose, you know, two units on a bet, I'm OK with it because I still have other units in the bank and everything. And I, I could still eat that night. But like if he if this person is betting enough that like they're worried about coming out of this with nothing, which I don't think in this scenario with Kansas, Villanova and Duke will happen. Um, then you just, then you consider hedging. So I, I apologize for being the way I am, but like as I, as he just said, it's all about individual situations. If it's something that you need the money, yeah, definitely hedge. I never bet enough that I'm like, oh God, I need to get out of this. So that's why I don't hedge anything. Still time for another question or two. We got a couple more to get to, and 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 again, to make sense, you guys may be seeing this in the chat, but the audience that's watching us, he's got Duke at plus 1400 and then he's got both Kansas and Villanova who are playing each other so he's guaranteed on one of his futures plays that that team's in the national title you got to let that ride what do yeah, I, know? I you let I that even... ride and go with the one that's in the title game and yeah, see hedging, what happens hedging wouldn't even be in my my cards for stuff like that uh Zayen, if I say it correctly, Z-E-A-Y-E-N. Zayen wants to know, I'm looking at St. Bonaventure tomorrow night. Do you think the line will go up and I'll get the best price on the money line? Do you have an opinion on that? I think I saw St. Bonaventure is two, is a two-point underdog. Is that correct? Yeah, the best, that price is, best price is coming and gone on that one, my man. Uh, the line's going to uh, 
Uh, I don't know if it'll go up much more than that, but it, it already has gone up, uh, surely. All right. Yeah, I, I think if uh, if you like Bonnie's, I mean, and look, this line came out, I think, Saturday, Sunday, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this this one's moved for sure. Matt, any thought on that? I will. Going uh, I, I'm going to say now because I'm not on the show tomorrow. Lockman official play the Bonnie's money line. I already played it the, the the time it came out. Now look once again. You know the the, the money line thing is more of a when a team's a bad free throw shooting team. But I also it's a short enough number. I I'm I'm less of a risk taker. So I took the money line. I just like the Bonnies. I mean, this per this NIT is a perfect tournament for a team like this. They're all yeah. seniors. Um, they're all playing their last games. They're now in Madison Square Garden. A Lofton, who missed two free throws in the A-10 tournament to get them knocked out, makes the two free throws in Virginia. Uh, Mark Schmidt staying away from UMass has decided to stay in Ole in New York. I think that's a motivating factor. And look, I don't believe in Xavier. Xavier probably should have lost to Vanderbilt. V- Xavier could have lost to Cleveland State. The only game they won overwhelmingly was against a Florida team that didn't have a head coach. So I don't believe in the Musketeers. They don't shoot the three well. I think they're going to struggle to score here. I like the Bonnies. Uh, I think the Bonnies win the NIT. Obviously, our Vanderbilt Commodores, unfortunately, are gone. But I think St. Bonaventure's a play here. Uh, put me down, official play on the money line for tomorrow. And, and remember, uh, Xavier won all their games at home. They're now neutral site, basically on the road at MSG. It's important to remember, though, Matt – he made an interesting point. I played Moneyline also. I mean, last two games for Bonaventure have been decided by two and one point. So, um, you know, having a Moneyline ticket as opposed to a two, two and a half, a lot better. I bet it at 120. Uh, it's up a little bit higher now. Again, you know, we can't – I always tell people this. I can't hold your hand. Okay, You got to kind of sometimes use your – what you know to, to make the play when you can make it. You know, these shows are tough because we're only on at one time, but – I think even mm-hmm. at two right now, there's still some value there. Um, I agree with him. I think they seem like a team kind of – they didn't get to the tournament, but they're still really good. They're experienced. This seems like just the tournament to win for them. All right, again, we'll talk more about the NIT tomorrow. I did want to give a shout-out to our, our buddy Bobano, Ian Cameron, who was there in uh, San Antonio for the Villanova win this weekend. And he was on North Carolina not once but twice. He had Carolina and the points earlier in the week when we were on the show for the game with UCLA. He was on Carolina, not officially on this show, but I saw him putting it on social media, laying the points with St. Peter's and got both of those right. Uh, Just interesting. He'll be on later in the week to talk about Carolina. They certainly came through, obviously, and covered against Baylor in an overtime game, came through as an underdog and beat UCLA, and then you lay the points with them, and you had an easy Sunday, an easy second half with them. Hubert, I mean, we should say this, Hubert Davis has shut a lot of people up in the last two or three weeks with the win at Cameron three weeks ago in Coach K's final game at Cameron, and now those wins over Baylor and UCLA, and now to get to the Final Four, you saw the tears. Was it? Did you guys perceive it as kind of tears of relief as much as tears of joy? He said, I'm so happy for these guys. I sensed a little tears of relief. I've gotten to the Final Four when a lot of people thought I was a bad hire and shouldn't be the coach. Thoughts here, guys? Yeah, I, I remember kind of saying I thought, you know, I'm not a big fan of the, the promoting within sometimes. But, hey, I mean, who knows the team better than him? I think sometimes the problem is you kind of get the same stuff from the same regime before. So it's – but, no, listen um, – this has been a great job by him. I thought at certain points in January, their defense was so bad. I mean, so bad. Uh, but, you know, they've really gotten it going. I remember when they beat Duke back, you know, a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago. 
Yeah, that was impressive what they did in the final 10 minutes. 35 points of the final 10 minutes. Um, this is going to be a very difficult matchup for Duke. You know, I, I feel like the, the pressure's off a little bit on making this matchup happen. We have the matchup. Let's now let the players decide how this goes. Um, I did find it funny in one case that uh, Musselman and Arkansas called out the, the officiating, which we can all laugh about. Duke definitely does get some calls occasionally. But it's hard to find a player playing better right now than Caleb Love. Um, I kind of think this game shakes out a little bit like what Matt thinks the Villanova game will shake out with. I'm willing to take UNC at kind of the price that they're at. Um, I think at worst, what do we know about this game, guys? I mean, it's generally close, and I know the games this year mm-hmm. uh, maybe haven't necessarily reflected that, but um, you know, both games were decided by 13 and 20. I think this game, rubber match-wise, both teams playing at the highest level, I'm willing to really get involved with UNC here. So I'll take UNC. I'll take Kansas. Interesting. All right, he'll elaborate on those as we go along. Matt, uh, any thought there on Hubert Davis silencing critics? Well, I'll just say this. I mean, it's hard. Usually when you have two games during the regular season and you get the third one in the tournament, you can kind of pull from those and be like, oh, I noticed you can't pull anything from those two games. I mean, North Carolina straight up didn't show up at home. Duke blasted them. And then they went to Cameron and the Duke players couldn't handle all the Duke, uh, you know, people being there. They couldn't handle everything that was surrounding the game. So it's ironic that I actually think you can't take much of anything other than. I, you know, I think that this line's on target here. I think this is about what I would have made it. I think the total is interesting, too, because obviously you're thinking high-scoring game, but it's a Final Four. There's more at stake here. Um, could this one go under that total? I think this is the game that's going to see more player props. I mean, I think I'm going to play more player props here because you can take individual performances from those games, but taking team performances from two blowouts with two extenuating circumstances, I think that's going to be kind of hard. So I'll probably have a player prop, depending upon on Friday, if they're out yet. Uh, I hit the Brady Manic one. That was an easy one. That uh, bet US had two and a half. The over was even money against St. Peter's. He had four. That was an easy one. So we'll see. I think there'll be some value elsewhere besides the spread and the total for that game. I think you got to completely throw out, like he said, the, the games we saw. They're just two different teams. North Carolina's totally different. Duke's totally different. But they're all still kind of similar, and they're going to play at the highest level possible now in this run. We'll get a great game here. I, I'd have to feel. I think both these games will live up to the bill. You know, it sucks a little bit that Moore's out. We hope we wish he was healthy. But, yeah, I, UNC Dukes, high-level, Titan matchup. Uh, again, on, on the whole Muscleman thing and the whole conspiracy thing that we're having fun with, Duke shot 55% uh, for the game. Uh, there were 15 fouls on each team in the game when it was all said and done. Duke hit the shots. Duke made the plays at the end. They've done that now for each of the final uh, last three games against Michigan State. They could have been out, guys, and you know this, and the audience should know this. They could have been out against Michigan State. Michigan State had the lead. If they had played tight like they did at the end of the North Carolina game or had played tight like they did in the second half of the ACC championship game with Virginia Tech, they would have been home. The final chapter would have been written, Coach K loses in the second round to Michigan State. They bowed their back. They made their shots. They got out west in San Francisco. They got the win over over Texas Tech. I've, I've heard so many different people saying, oh, well, what a break. They didn't have to play Gonzaga. Well, it's a tournament. And and what a break for some of these other teams that didn't have to play the, the you know, in, in Kansas's case, you didn't have to play Auburn. You didn't have to play Wisconsin. 
Uh, on the bottom half of the draw, you got to play Miami to get to the Final Four. This you play the, who's in front of you. This is the same coach who complained about playing in Buffalo against Vermont. So, like, let's just, you know, if I know he likes to yap, and I know he's a really good coach, <laughs> and he says a lot of things, and his players love him. But he complained about playing Vermont and Buffalo. Like, let's just settle down with the complaints here, coach. Yes. Uh, I don't disagree on that one. You see the big bracket there. The March Mayhem contest is almost done with BetUS as we're down to the final four with Duke, Carolina, and Villanova, Kansas. Get ready for that. Guys, I think that's pretty well a full show uh, here for this edition of the program. Final thoughts here. We have no official plays for tonight in the basketball classic. Matt, again, repeat, you're on St. Bonaventure, and you said money line, correct? In your absence tomorrow, you'll be on the Bonnies tomorrow night in that game with Xavier? Bonnie's money line, and then most likely, and obviously this won't happen because it won't be till Wednesday or Thursday, and I'm not going to predict what the line will be. Most likely I'll be on the Bonnie's again in the NIT title game if they get there. But, yes, a Bonnie's money line tomorrow. All right, so he's looking forward to that one. Any final thoughts, Jeff? Anything else? We good? No, I think we're good. I mean, 40 minutes, and we, we have two basketball classic games uh, tonight. That's pretty impressive. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that'll be that. We'll be back tomorrow for some NIT. Love it. We love all of you finding us. Again, hit the like button, subscribe, hit the bell as uh, we build towards the semifinal Saturday at the Final Four. There are games to talk about tomorrow. You'll want to be here live with us at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. the rest of the week Eastern Time. If you're seeing us later in the day when you're watching, that's great, too. Live participation with the Q&A, et cetera, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Boys, thank you. For Mid-Major Matt, for Jeff Nadu, I'm T.J. Reeves. Thank you for watching the BetUS College Basketball Show.